0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm James, that's Katie, and that makes this the first ever episode 13 of Cloud Control and our first episode for 2023. Happy New Year, everybody, and happy New Year to you, Kate. Welcome to the show for another, uh, for the start of another great year of podcasting uh, here on Cloud Control. I know.
1: Where does the time go? But happy 2023 to everyone. I hope 2022 is good, but I hope 2023 is better. Uh, and 2024 so. is be, like the best year of your life, but we're not there yet. So don't worry <laughs> Every
0: year <it. laughs> just is an increasing escalation of getting better and better. That'd That's be true. okay.
1: 25 is going down because you got to have like perspective, you know, but um, this, this <laughs> You got to be set in your
0: place tough. every once in a while
1: exactly
0: exactly god that's a little morbid um okay (laughs) i just want to apologize off the bat my voice might sound a little strange i have been sick the past like week of course i had a week off so spending it sick is exactly you know the perfect excuse to play some video games at least which is nice but i just want to mention that off the top um and yeah so welcome to the show everybody this is our first show of the year and you know what that means kate It can only be one thing. It's time to make some predictions about what's going to happen in video games for the year. So that will be the main focus of our show today. Um, But before we get into that, we do have a game to talk about as well. So we will do that um, first before we get into our predictions um, at the end of the show. And so that game, of course, is something that we teased a little bit on our uh, last episode giving our awards for the end of last year. But this is As Dusk Falls, a game we completed Um, with our brother Alex actually so shout out to you Alex hopefully you're listening to the episode Uh, maybe you could write an email in and let us know what you thought of the game (laughs) and we can read it out (laughs) or if you want to come on the show you can let us know that too Um, but this is a narrative adventure kind of choose your own um, narrative style branching path game that you know we love so much and so um, Kate I'll let you kick it off maybe a slight synopsis of the story and uh, what did you think overall of As Dusk Falls?
1: adored as does falls um anyone who's ever listened to the show i think especially last episode i think it won best multiplayer game for me and best use of new mechanic for mm-hmm. you so mm-hmm. that is already a very strong recommendation for a game that you know we played for what maybe like eight hours and yeah those... something like that Um, But it's awesome. It's very much one of the like choose-your-own-adventure-narrative-style games where the gameplay is very light with some little quick-timey sort of events. But the vast majority of it is following characters, making decisions for them. Um, And these kind of games have gotten very popular lately, I find, which I'm a big fan of because I really enjoy them. But this one definitely stands out, both mechanically and then also story-wise. Like, you follow... A few different characters. It kind of starts out, let's say there's a robbery gone wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <a little> bit.
1: <laughs> gone very, very wrong and escalated to extreme measures. Um, but what's neat about the game is instead of kind of following one side of the story, you really get a very complete look. Like you follow the people committing the robbery, or at least one person out of that group. And they obviously have a sympathetic reason as to why they're doing this, it's getting out of control. Um, but then you also follow one of the guys that is being, and I guess not robbed, but he is like involved, involved. as a victim, right? Yeah, so he's yeah. being victimized by the other group and, and you end up playing a few different characters but it largely follows the setup and the fallout from that initial event and how it has affected the characters going forward. But it's, it's really tough to root for one side independently because you end up being attached to all of it. And there's a lot of very difficult decisions to be made in this game.
0: Yeah, there is. And it, I, think, I think one of the interesting things about this game is that it does give you the perspectives of things kind of from mm-hmm. all different angles of that main conflict. Because if you were only playing as, say, the one character, uh, Vince, who is like the father of a small family and they're in this hotel while well, it gets... Rob, if you only had his perspective i think it'd be a lot easier to be like well these this family's just a bunch of assholes and like you know this innocent family and these people working here didn't deserve this you know and and the fact that it does give you that different perspective and you can kind of see the events through the eyes of someone who is sort of involved but at the same time he's you know hesitant to be to be there and doesn't really want to be i think it allows mm. to the story to kind of have that complexity and multifaceted nature that would be missing in a game that didn't have this style and those different perspectives. And so I, I really like the way that, that the narrative is constructed in that way. Although I will say, um, I, I don't know how you feel about this, but something I've, I've been reflecting on with this game, um, you know, cause I knew we were, we were going to be talking about it on the show was I, I feel for as good as, it, as as beneficial as it was to have the perspective of those characters. I think I would have done with some more time, specifically with Vince. I would have really liked to to have a little bit more time with him and see a bit more of the resolution. Like, I feel like as his story had progressed, we kind of had to fill in some gaps in our minds. Like, oh, I guess it, I guess he must have resolved this conflict then. Like, we didn't really get to see. And then conversely, we had spent some time with some characters. Like, there's that one scene where we play as that kid on the bike, and he kind of has to get his granola bar out of his backpack, and you know, whatever. It's very very. <laughs> It's very strange, but I'm just like, you know, (laughs) reflecting on it now, like, do we really need to play as that kid for like an hour when we could have maybe had a bit more time with Vince or some of these other characters that we had a bit more of a connection with? So I wonder what you think about that, but I think overall it is a good thing.
1: Yeah, I, I agree about Vince, I think too, because there's a few different conflicts that are about him like obviously he has the main conflict of being in a hostage situation and how he's gonna protect his family and if you're gonna do kind of like the pacifist like wait and don't make too much trouble and hope the police sort it out versus like is he to be a bit more of like a proactive like you know try to steal a gun try to do something um sort of character and so he's got that going on but he's also got some conflict in his relationship uh in his personal life with the wife And I feel like we made a pivotal decision regarding her. And it didn't really get addressed much in the game. And it was more of like, at the very end, when they do the tie up, like what everybody's doing, like, you know, 15 years later, and we got like a little bit of like a progression based in his personal life that just sort of felt like it kind of happened off screen instead of Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. us being more involved. So but then again, with these kind of games, it's tough to say because... Had we chosen different options with Vince, like, we might have had more scenes with him. Like, this game does the really nice thing that games like, um, Detroit do, where after each chapter, it shows you these big branching trees. And you see your choices that you made, like, what percentage of players made the same choice online. Um, But it also shows you, like, all the paths that are blacked out that you don't have access to because you went in different directions. And I will say they seemed very extensive um whether or not they all kind of like culminate in the same few endings i'm not sure but at the very least it seems like there's a lot of different ways to get there so it's possible that we made choices that were just like less vince than mm-hmm. could be but i i do agree that vince was the character i kind of wish we saw a little bit more of because i found him so compelling um, and maybe one of the more relatable characters
0: yeah. Yeah. I think I I don't know, though, because I mean, to counter argue myself just a little bit, I mean, <laughs> it's I, I I don't mind kind of the ambiguous nature of how a lot of these things end as as well, just because I think yeah. that sort of thing does contribute to sort of the slice of life aspect of this game. You know, it's not telling some grand narrative in the same way that something Detroit is or you know, heavy rain with like a serial killer kind of story. I guess I guess that one kind of is along the same lines, but it's less finite, you know, this is just like a week in these people's lives and then it's going to continue on. It's just, you know, there's hundreds of these tragedies all over the place and it's not to belittle the fact that these things happen, but it is kind of like, it kind of does present itself as a mundane kind of story at the same time, you know what I mean? like sort of the way the characters handle these situations like the police chief's like oh my god like these guys again we've seen this before like it seems like somewhat of a common occurrence and i think the way that it doesn't necessarily put a bow on all of these little issues is kind of lending itself to that idea as well like this is just sort of a continuous process in this type of environment for these mm-hmm. people in this story and for people like this in in real situations and i think that's one of the reasons why is sort of had had that um, win for Games for Impact at the Game Awards this year as well. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is this kind of illustrating what life can be like for people who are caught in these type of situations?
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think too, like, that's just a testament to how well the characters are written. Like, it must be very difficult to write a character that can be augmented in so many different ways, right? Like, a lot of video games are touted for like having amazing characters and amazing stories, but they are very carefully crafted and they get from point A to point B in the way that the the writers intend for them. But in these kind of games, they need to convey who the character is, but also give you, the player, a lot of control over that. So part of that is exciting because there's a lot of like interpretation of, well, I think this character would do X, or I think this character should do X um, instead of Y, but they still have to feel very like cohesive in like every decision that they have the potential to make is something that character might do based on who they are and their situation and i think this game felt very believable all the characters Mm -hmm. felt very real um and like they could exist in the real world and i think like with that games for impact it's it's because the characters are so strong like that slightly like mundane setting and the events but also just in the way that they're written like no one is like a crazy out of the ordinary character with like you know, unnatural things going on. Like no one's a massive hero or leader that like steps up and does extraordinary things. It's real people in like real situations that like definitely wouldn't happen to you in your day-to-day life, but would be within the realm of possibility regardless of what you choose, which is, is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it is. And I definitely want to mention too, just the, um, we've mentioned a lot of times that it's a branching narrative, kind of pick your own adventure thing, but Um, I mentioned on our awards show that I'd I'd wanted to call out the the way it lets you make those choices. And just in case people haven't listened Mm -hmm. to that, I want to go over it briefly here, too, just because I think Mm -hmm. it is so smart. Um, Just because this game, for those that don't know, is you you can play it on a controller just the same as any other game. But this also uses um, your phone if you want it. And so if you're sitting in a room with multiple people, you can, instead of passing the controller back and forth and like, okay you make the first two choices, then you make the next two or however it works. With this game, it's kind of like that. Jackbox party pack um, feel where you can all have a little vote on your phone, and then when there's you know two, three, four choices on the screen, you can all vote individually, and the winning choice is the, you know, the majority vote, or you can have a certain number of vetoes amongst your people as well. So I I love the way it's set up, and that should just be the standard going forward for all of these style of games, because it is inarguably the best for a multiplayer setting. I think being able to have that sort of voting mechanic. Um, involved and I think it was just ingenious and I know for us like personally playing like regardless of what we say about the content of the game like we had a lot of fun as well just the dynamic of uh, the three of us playing in the same room and like kind of laughing and then deliberating like okay well you know we're stuck in this car where should we look first oh the glove box or like under the seat I don't know and they're like you know panicking a little bit and kind of deliberating it's really fun and and there's a certain energy to this style of multiplayer and what this game specifically brings that I don't think you can really get anywhere else because you're all just yeah. trying to do the best in what you would, you know, what you think in that situation. And, and it makes it more fun to have that vote, um, I think.
1: Exactly. And especially with, um, like, you're so limited in time to pick an option, right? Like, when those options pop up on the screen, you you have to decide quickly. So you have a, a little bit of a conversation, but it has to be rushed along. And somebody's voting in the middle of listening to another, you know, another person's opinion. And what yeah. I love the most about these kind of games, and especially playing them socially, is I find I'm predisposed to sort of play a certain way and it has i think you get two overrides per chapter i believe which is basically like you hit that override button it doesn't matter what anyone else has voted your choice goes through which is great because if you feel incredibly strongly about it you get the override or sometimes we override for funny things i think we were like at a party with one of the characters <laughs> yeah. and it was like are you gonna like try weed or it was like, i overrode it drug. to smoke a
0: joint on top of the bar in that one time
1: <laughs> yeah that's right you so overrode it because we were like a straight-laced kid and we're like no no we're doing drugs like just some kind of funny moments like that but so the override is, is nice to gain that little bit of control for for certain moments but at the same time like even in like a game if i was playing by myself i would be predisposed i pick kind of similar sort of options i would have a developed play style but when you're playing with people and you are not in control you end up sometimes with options that you never would have picked otherwise and you get outvoted right it's like i really think that this is the best option two other people have voted against for a different option and i'm stuck into it but that maybe makes for a more interesting story. I think it does. I for think sure. so. Like there's so much more variety and it plays out in different ways. And it's just an experience you wouldn't have gotten otherwise without that style of mechanic. And I, I appreciate that a lot. Um, the other thing about this game, too, and the choices is that they were tough. Like a lot of times in a game, you get choices that are. They can be ambiguous but sometimes it's like this is the aggressive option this is the like feeble option this is the like you know try to be really kind option and sometimes this game has uh, sort of obvious choices but a lot of the times they're things that like really could go anyway and they're, they're a lot more complicated than just being like a type of attitude toward a situation they are very difficult choices that you really cannot foresee what the consequences will be Mm -hmm. which i think adds so much more to the game of like Oh my God! I hope we chose well. Like now we're we just have to see what happens, and it is shocking sometimes. <laughs>
0: yeah, it is. I remember back, like just just to, to illustrate that point, just a little bit early on, you're sort of in this kind of hostage situation, and there's one person that's like you're trying to kind of, you know, make friends and and kind of keep your family safe by playing along. But there's this other party that's like, no, these people have something in mind. And you need to get it back for me. Like they have this little book and it's got some information written in it and I need it back and you're going to get them. And you're kind of having to choose at the same time, like, well, I don't really want to piss either of these people off because, I mean, either one could put me in danger. But I'm trying to, you know, kind of string them both along and at the same time, like, you know, eventually this is you're going to have to disappoint one of them. Like they're going to be you're going to be found out, you know, like you're only kind of delaying the inevitable and just that level of tension. And and then, like you say, like, you know, there's not a good option, but each of us would deal with that a slightly different way. Like maybe I would have been a bit more active in trying to get the book and maybe you'd be trying to like hide in the corner or something like that. And it's just it's very interesting kind of trying to meld those strategies and how the vote comes in, especially since we had an odd number of people as well, which I think Mm -hmm. is, uh, you know, a little bonus. Um, for this type of thing for sure but I think the last thing I wanted to bring up um, just because it is so striking when people talk about this game is the art direction the art style of the game yeah. um, and you know it's I think it's pretty controversial and I can completely understand why it, it really doesn't look similar to anything that I've ever really seen before it's sort of like that flip book it's almost like a watercolor comic style that it kind of has mm-hmm. and like you know it moves in kind of stop motion sort of ways it is, it is sort of weird but you know I kind of feel like the reason it happened this way was just because they obviously put a lot of work into the writing and the narrative. Maybe they were, you know, trying to save a bit of time. It's not the hugest scope of game. I mean, it's not like it's a small budget thing by any means. It is like an Xbox, you know, it's a studios game. But at the same time, maybe they could get it out a little quicker without having to do fully animated cutscenes and whatnot. And rather than just having still images, they decided to go for something kind of unique. And so I, I guess where I'm coming at on it, um, you know, is I'm kind of just indifferent to be honest, which is kind of, which is weird to say because it is such a polarizing art style, but I think I originally didn't love the way that it moved, but as we played, got one or two chapters in, I think you just kind of get used to the way that it looks. And I think Mm -hmm. for certain, certain points of the thing that actually, or certain points of the game, it actually almost enhanced some of the, some of the moments that get you linger on like a minute where someone gets shot at, or, you know, there's an emotional beat, like it kind of stays there and, for a second in a way that a game like Detroit or something maybe even wouldn't and it could be maybe even more emotionally impactful, but I wouldn't say it's maybe my, my favorite thing in the world at the same time, <laughs> but I'm interested to see what you say.
1: Interesting point. I think I was kind of similar to you where I wasn't quite as um, unsure about it at first, but it definitely grew on me. Like I didn't love it at the beginning and it can feel a little jarring. Um, but I think the voice acting is so strong in this game. Like it is incredibly well done that that carries it at the beginning when you're sort of at a disconnect with what you're looking at. But by, after playing an hour or so of the game, I think I was on board with it. Like it it started to kind of click and, and feel more natural. Um, and and I, I agree. Like I think it actually enhanced certain moments uh, in terms of like the lingering, like you said. But I think there was also times where not watching something play out and just kind of listening to the dialogue while having the still images come one after the other almost made some scenes feel a little bit more ambiguous Mm. which i like because there's definitely like an element of mystery going on especially like the ending is pretty crazy like there's definitely like some characters have secrets and there's some cliffhangers and there's definitely some points where you don't know if something's gone well and it's gonna all of a sudden turn on its head um And so some of the the art style actually like added this tension where if you just watched it play out more cinematically, it would maybe have been a bit more clear as to what was happening or like a character's expression might've given away if they were lying to you or not. But because it's got that little bit of like artistic styling that um, sort of hides a little bit or like makes it a little bit blurrier to tell visually what's happening it sort of adds a little bit to the tension of some choices yeah. but I think I don't know if that was intentional but it works really well
0: you know what hearing you describe that brings something to my mind so clearly and you know what it is It's the same style that they use at the start of every case in Phoenix right? when you sort of watch that little oh, vignette of the crime and what happens yes, but you don't really get right. to <laughs> fill in all the blanks like you'll see a pistol and someone gets shot on a boat and their body mm-hmm. goes in the lake but it's like you can't see who the shadowy figure holding the gun is. You don't get exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. So it gives you that little bit of information, but not everything. And it's kind of like how this game shows you what's happening. Um, and you fill the blanks in in your mind as well. So cool point. And a good reference to one of the classic and best <laughs> video game uh, visual novels of all time. Although not Absolutely. a choose your own adventure yeah. style. So it's a little different. Not a choose your own adventure.
1: But where have some of the roots come from for this genre possibly? That's right.
0: That's right. Uh, Well, great game, everybody. Play As Dusk Falls. It is on Game Pass, Mm -hmm. so you really have no reason not to. Um, Get a few friends together, too, because it is a fun time uh, with a group. So let's transition to the second half of the show today, Kate, which is, of course, of course, as every gaming podcast must do at the start of the year, Mm -hmm. uh, predictions for the upcoming year and the video game industry. But uh, before we talk about 2023, we just want to reflect a little bit on the year that was um, and go back over our predictions from last year because uh, we had a competition last year between the two of us of who could get uh, the most points between five different predictions uh, that we made for the year of 2022 last year. Uh, Kate has put together the effort to go through and tabulate our scores, um, and the winner of this competition will be able to select one game that the loser must play at some point Uh, throughout this year so I'm very interested to see how we did I honestly can't remember a single thing that either of us had predicted so I cannot wait to hear uh, the stupid things that we came up with and I just honestly hope that we got at least like one of them right between the two of us so uh, take it away Kate let's hear it (laughs)
1: This, yeah, this is a blast to look through. I mean, some of these predictions were wild at the time, but even wilder looking back on Yeah, I
0: mean, we um, go for some funny stuff. We don't always go super serious, but...
1: Um, Before we get to our own predictions, we did have... Some friends write in uh, from Plastic Hearts Podcast, and they gave us a prediction to read out in addition to ours, and they absolutely sniped it. (laughs) Um, Their prediction was, we will see The Last of Us PS5 remake coinciding with the HBO show, uh, which we absolutely did because part one came out relatively recently, and of course, the HBO show is set to come out on January 15th, so... Yeah, that was a total slam dunk. Uh, and they may have sort of embarrassed us uh, for the rest of the award. <laughs> <laughs> so, James, I'll give you the option. Would you like to hear mine first and then know what you're up against? Or do you want to hear yours first and Ooh. go into mine with either the confidence or lack thereof? <laughs>
0: Jeez. Well, I just want to say, first of all, congrats to Fonz for that prediction. That was great. Mm-hmm. So shout out to you, my friend. Um, wow. Wow. I can't remember if we had any kind of rumors about a show coming out or a remaster at that time. So I'd be interested to know if he kind of just, you know, latched on to that I think we knew
1: about the show, but not about the remake.
0: I mean, either way, great call. Great call. But
1: yeah, Um, absolutely.
0: Let's do it in the... I feel like you usually go first for these type of things and and I I pass it off to you. So I'll pass it off to you. You can tell me your predictions
1: from last year first. Well, my first prediction is a win right out the start that Elden Ring wins game of the year and it will also be my personal game of the year. And okay. of course, both of those things happen. Okay, that's a point uh, for you. That is, that is a wow. point right out the gate. Okay. Uh, my second my second one was extra funny because it was actually a prediction from for 2021 that I carried over because it had yet to be fulfilled in that Persona 6 is going to be announced and the color of the game, because obviously they're all color schemed, is going to be purple. <laughs> <laughs> and we have had zero news not a whisper of persona 6 mm-hmm. over 2022 so okay that's a loser well that's fine uh third i hit on another one gold and i turned 25 years in 2022 and it would get a remaster that included the nostalgic jank of the original uh which it did <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> or at least it was announced. So Yeah, well it's getting exciting. it's getting
0: rem- We I mean we can't really comment on the jank at this time, but uh yeah. you know what? I think that's a point for you, Kate. That's still a I great prediction. A It'd be pretty pretty mean to take away a half point because you can't judge it for the jank. <laughs> uh, that is you know. true.
1: So yeah, congratulations and uh happy anniversary to Gold Nine. Uh my last two ugh, Joseph Barris so goes Joseph Ferris goes full Kojima and unveils the wildest, weirdest couch co-op co- co- game at the Game Awards. Um, he was there to read out Elden Ring's victory, but he did not announce anything himself. Uh, and then finally, I guess that the PS5 would get a Ragnarok edition with cool plates. I'm but shocked it didn't happen. We, I know, because we got the controller. Um And I even went into a lot of specificity on this one that they will not sell the plates separately. You'd have to just buy the console. And then I went on to to presume that I would have a horrible decision of do I buy someone scalping $200 plates online (laughs) for my PS5? (laughs) Um, Unfortunately for me, no point. But luckily for me, I was not put in that treacherous situation. Okay, so kind of a
0: win-win. Okay,
1: Kind of win-win. Hey, two points though. That's pretty good. That is two points for me. Out of guessing five predictions, I have come up a point ahead of the Plastic Hearts podcast (laughs) (laughs) with their one guess.
0: Okay, well, I got to admit to you, I'm feeling pretty worried about getting more than two points. I think I'm going to lose, but uh, let's let's hope I did okay.
1: (laughs) So your first prediction was that uh, God of War... Horizon and Elden Ring will all be, like, nominated for Game of the Year, but none of them will win. <laughs> so that was just the playing the field, that, you know,
0: playing the numbers.
1: The first half <laughs> of that, absolutely true. The second half of that, not even close. <laughs> okay. So, that's out. Uh, your next one is that Nintendo would announce a new Fire Emblem game, which they did, but uh, 23.3 will not show a lot of gameplay. Uh, we joked about the Waluigi would be in it for some reason. Uh we were let down about that. <laughs> but then you put the nail in the coffin on this guest saying it will be a futuristic setting um uh, with like medieval roots but a lot of modern tech.
0: Oh, I feel like that kind of is what this game is, isn't it?
1: Is is it? On is there a lot in this
0: game? What's it called again? Fire Emblem uh engage. Engage. I have no idea. Engage. I, th- I mean I know there's I don't know. They they kinda of look like they have future armor, but you're right, it is kind of still medieval-y. It is it's just
1: definitely. that it's just I that was, red
0: and blue medievally look that they have. Yeah,
1: and, yeah. I mean, I'd be willing to give you a half point. I think
0: for I think one. a half point. I mean I call Fire Emblem. Uh, you did
1: call Fire Emblem. Uh and they haven't have they shown a lot of gameplay? I don't think they have. You know what?
0: Not as much print. as I'm look up right now. So I won't take a half point. No. I'll take just no, a half no, we'll point. Give, I'll take the we'll half point.
1: We'll give you a half point. Okay. You're gonna need okay. it. <laughs> because moving on. Sony will acquire three more studios and one of them will be Contact Entertainment, the VR studio that made Fireball Zero Hour on PSVR. And mm-hmm. I looked this up ahead of the show and I could not see anything about this. So I don't believe that they, they did
0: not. Them. They did not. But it is interesting. There's a sequel to that game coming out on the PSVR too. So I, I kind of had something. But you, had
1: something. you You may get retroactive points, uh, but that might be a 2023 prediction you could carry <laughs> right, forward, that's true. That's true. if you so choose. <laughs> um, next, we have The Last of Us TV show is a big hit. Uh, the show will be very quickly confirmed for season two, and the second season will be rumored to focus on Joel's story before the outbreak. Uh, mm. Which I don't think is true, but I would really like it to be true.
0: Now, here's an interesting thing. I feel as though it's already been confirmed by for season two for that show, but I feel like it's also a rumor thing, so I'm not going to try and take a point for that. It's not even out and yet, also, we can't even review it. So,
1: yeah, the show yeah. isn't even out yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then finally, you made the best prediction of all of 2022 in that Fable will be Xbox big marketing <laughs> push for exclusives. Uh oh, but double uh oh inspired by the xbox mini fridge meme remember when that came out (laughs) oh my god this (laughs) prediction. so you brought up that xbox made that like mini fridge oh my god the beer line and it was real so you said fable was gonna come out you said that the mini fridge needs you need things to put in it right like you're getting tired of your gatorade that g fuel only goes so far right so you were like fables coming out and to market it they're getting fable ales <laughs> to go in your fridge.
0: Oh, it's such and a bad prediction.
1: I I love this one. I wrote down beside it in big brackets like LOL and then I will buy you some if they're real. <laughs> Fuck. But unfortunately, well, even though that is what consumers deserve, it is not what i You know, Fox sometimes sometimes
0: us. the best predictions are the ones that don't come true. And that is That's certainly true. one of them. So I guess that makes you the winner of our competition from last year.
1: Kay. It does indeed make me the winner of okay. our competition. So
0: so I'll reveal to you right now. If I, if I had have won this competition, I would have gotten mm-hmm. you to play Shovel Knight this year. The uh, first Shovel Knight campaign. Because I know you've tried mm-hmm. a little bit and I, I just adore that game so much. And, uh, you mm-hmm. know, that's what would have been my pick. But I guess I'll have to wait until my my predictions coming up here in a few minutes are right, the start <laughs> of next year. Uh, right, I get right. That. The start so,
1: of 2024, yeah, I might be playing trouble, Exactly, right? exactly. So <laughs>
0: that's, um, that's
1: not the worst way to start <laughs> a year off.
0: It, it's really not. It's really not. But I, I need to know now. So you've won. What game do uh-huh. I need to play this year?
1: Okay. So I've got to ask you double check you have not uh-huh. played this game because I've got a backup in case you haven't. Okay. But have Played Steam World Quest.
0: I have played every Steam World game. I love Steam World.
1: You have played Quest. The All of them. Game yeah. One? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one okay, of my favorites. Okay, good. I knew you'd like that game. It's very good. Okay, then to get off of that track, my backup game is a game that I remembered for our last episode, and just. Re- remembered how enamored i am by it that i think you should and you can steam share it for me so this is totally free mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you should play some fury because that game okay. is fucking wild cool uh it's short it's quick it's snappy you're gonna like it the music is so good too so
0: all right i'm you in play some fury, fury. <laughs> i'll be playing fury at some point this year and you know what i might even do it soon because i gotta i gotta do something short and snappy before i get into plague tale i, I just beat god of war for people uh we haven't talked about it yet Beat that game a few days ago. Can't mm. jump right into Plague Tale. Maybe Fury's a nice kind of uh, fill it, fill in mm-hmm. the gap. A little, little palate cleanser. Me. Yeah, a little palate cleanser. Whew. Okay, well, let's <laughs> get into our predictions for this year. Um, before we do our main predictions, I did put out a couple of polls just on the Cloud Control um, Twitter for the two hot-button topics I could think of. Uh, which I think we should just put our little guess in for twenty twenty three as a collective, so uh the first one is will a switch pro be announced in twenty twenty three because this is one of those things that people just love to debate on the internet there's it rumors comes all up the
1: time every year yeah. it always
0: comes up, and so I thought just in case, instead of doing a whole prediction let 's just put out a poll, and so right now it's sitting at ten percent of respondents say it will and ninety percent say it will not, and I got to tell you i 'm in the will not camp. Um, I used, there was a time when I thought there was going to be, and it's just been so long now. I'm like, you know what, they're not going to do a switch pro. It's just going to be the sequel console. Whatever's coming next at this Mm -hmm. point is kind of where I'm at. Yeah,
1: that's exactly the camp I'm in. In two months, I think March 3rd uh, is the six year anniversary of the switch. And it's just too late for the pro version. Like you just, you're working on the next console already. That's all there is to it.
0: Exactly. And the second poll uh, we put out was an early game of the year prediction for 2023. Of course, there's still a lot of games to come that we don't even know about. So this is very, very early. Uh, But right now the options were Starfield, Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, and Marvel's Spider-Man 2. Uh, Right now being led by Tears of the Kingdom's 47%, Spider-Man 2 at 29%. We also have an option to write in uh, comments Uh, which has also got a couple of votes. Uh, Number one, Jazz Deep writes in, says Mega Man Battle Network Collection, a game which I'm going to love, but I somehow don't think is going to be on the goatee ballot, although I wish it was. Uh, Kate, you wrote in yourself, Silk Song. Now that is a good contender, but will it come out? Who the hell knows? (laughs) Uh, And then Mike writes in too, Bloodborne 2, Cosmic Boogaloo. Uh, Bloodborne 2 gets announced, instant contender. If it's called Cosmic Boogaloo, it's going to win for sure. There is literally no debate. (laughs) about that
1: no absolutely <laughs>
0: <laughs> so there's where we're at on the on the twitter poll questions um which i guess kate unless you had any last respondents online on your end we'll get into our predictions for the year
1: yeah i think i'm ready i mean i've shot out my silk song james so where are you on this uh <laughs> that's
0: right adventure? well i vote i voted for uh zelda to win i mean like okay. it wouldn't be my pick but I, I i honestly can't envision that game coming out and, and just not winning at this point um you know at least at this point in Jan on January second, twenty twenty three. That's my mm-hmm. stance uh, right now. So <laughs> if that changes, we'll see. Uh, but Kate, I will give you the honor if you'd like to start us off with our twenty twenty three predictions. And let me just be the first to say, uh, best of luck for this year's competition uh, mm-hmm. for predictions. Best
1: of luck. For this, and to you as well, best of luck. I hope to win two years in a row, um, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, so my first prediction, and uh, it's kind of a trend I've started. Uh, we both started out last year with a game of the year prediction. So I'm going to start this year out hot with the same kind of idea. And I'm going to say that an indie game is winning game of the year. And by mm. indie game, I mean a non-massive like massive AAA studio, like no Elden Rings, no God of Wars. Um, and the specification for this is it's a studio that has never won before. So I see, like a okay. new studio coming out on the scene to win a game of the year that they've never, um, okay. managed to do. Um, I mean, Song was in my mind for this for sure. Like Team Cherry coming up. It's three guys that work on, uh, mm-hmm, Song mm-hmm. and Hollow Knight. Obviously one of the hot, hottest anticipated games. I see your Legend of Zelda, whatever kingdom, and I raise you. <laughs> Team Cherry's magnum opus that will be songs. <laughs> okay.
0: I like that prediction a lot. I want to clarify one thing, though, just for scoring purposes later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the definition of indie, because this is getting so big and blown up. What's an indie these yeah. days? I think one clear clarification that needs to be included for this prediction is that it can't be published by a major like publisher. Then.
1: Yeah. So the clarification to this is, yeah, it's not going to be published by a major publisher. Or The clarification is that it's not an, a full price $80 game. That's what okay, because that's not always indie, indie then
0: though, because sometimes like other yeah. studios release games for not full price. That's
1: true. I, I'm i going to say the two like kind of like technical clarifications on this is that it's a studio that has never won a game of the year before. And it is not a full price okay. game. So like, it's not like the behemoth, like those massive games like God of War will always gotcha, be gotcha. full yeah. price, right? Because they charge it, but this is going to be a studio that considers themselves a little smaller yes. and is not going to charge that $80 price tag i them.
0: like this prediction a lot this is making me really mm-hmm. think i want to make so, i want to make some kind of like clear rules of like what are these things because we need as yeah. an industry the games industry needs new terms besides AAA and indie there's so many gray yeah. areas we, and it, we
1: have it, made like what is what is essentially the equivalent of like there's a middle class that's yeah, come out in exactly. the gaming world and like it is exactly. an indie game is sometimes a kojima studio well, and sometimes the three guys that work on hollow knight
0: now i've heard an interesting term called triple i
1: like oh, Kojima so like would be a triple I, I
0: like like a full budget indie studio because basically all okay. indie means is that it's not it's not owned by it's a PlayStation not, or Xbox yeah. like you can be an indie studio with billions of dollars in your wallet if you're owned by yeah someone that's else.
1: true it comes down to the resources and the budget the game yeah, has that matters exactly. more and yeah okay I like triple exactly. I. I think that's yeah cute. triple
0: I like Kojima's triple I yeah. team cherry mm-hmm. regular indie I like it. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm going regular. Okay, yeah. I like. it. I mean,
1: Hades two might come out too. Like, I wrote this That's before true. Hades two was announced, and I was like, "Holy shit, that just might shoe me in." But That's I'm true. still kind of banking Silk Song a little bit.
0: Okay, I like that too. <laughs> okay, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to change the order of my um my predictions here because I do have one about game mm-hmm. of the year as well. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'll do that one first. Here's my first prediction. So PSVR two, we know this this is about Indies. Trust me, <laughs> kind of <laughs> a little bit. So, PSVR Vita- 2 is coming out this year. We know it has this outrageous price model, which is, like, way too expensive, <laughs> yeah. and very few people, compared to, like, that would have been interested, will probably, le- like, not be able to buy it right away. All these problems. Mm-hmm. However, um, regardless of the pricing and, like, the console itself, I think it will be a big boost for, like, VR discussion in general because, uh, you know, it's a new console coming on the market. It's the PSVR 2. There's also the MetaQuest and all these other headsets, right? So it's kind of like mm-hmm. a growing industry, big competitor coming in. And so my prediction is that, um, you know, despite like the sales numbers maybe not being so great, and it might not even be a PSVR 2 game that, that has this, I think 2023 will be the first year that a VR game is a nominee for game of the year. And I oh. think uh, it doesn't have to win necessarily, but I think a VR game will be included as a nominee And I think it's just, I mean, I've got an article here. There's just, there's Horizon called The Mountain coming. There's that game Behemoth we saw at the Game Awards, which we were like, wow, that looks so good. Like, oh, it's an indie game. That's too Mm -hmm. bad. You know, there's the Dark Pictures game coming. There's some Resident Evil projects. Um, There's an Assassin's Creed Nexus game. I mean, these are all names that we know. And I mean, Asobo's working on something. They made the original Mm -hmm. Astros Rescue Mission. Could they be returning to VR for PSVR 2? Like, we don't know. There could be the next game coming, like Beat Saber. Like one of these years there is going to be a game which breaks through. And I think yeah. this will be the year I'll say between all these games, one of them will be uh, just good enough to Nominated. make a nominee for game of the year.
1: That is interesting. And now to clarify, like, this is a game that's like VR first. It's not like the yeah, most yeah. like village village was a regular game and then got VR later, but it was like a, a regular game first. Like this mm-hmm. is a purely like intended to be VR experience.
0: I mean, I, I don't know if that would even qualify. Like if they remade a game previously, Mm-hmm. I guess I didn't think that far ahead. Like if they were to remake a game in VR that wasn't originally VR mm-hmm. and that remake, I think that could count. Right. Because like a remake. For,
1: I think it, it counts. My, my, my yeah. meaning is like, um, not like a remake, but like a game that's been out for two months mm. gets like, here's a, you can now play it in VR, even See, though it was like released without VR first. Hmm.
0: I would argue that like should an still account because I think, I okay. think there's more that goes into it than just simply translating a game into VR. The amount right. of considerations okay. that need to be made to adapt a game, say like Resident Evil, mm-hmm. into a VR and still make it work in, in a way that are, like that's a big change. Um, mm-hmm. Way more than we would anticipate, I think, to like translate a game that way. So I would say that still mm-hmm. counts. If it's if they do a good okay. enough job to get it nominated for game of the year, like damn well that taking a point.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. But it, it doesn't count if it's the non-VR version that gets No, nominated.
0: no, no, no. The so VR game nominated. has to be yeah. nominated. Yeah. Okay. It has to that's be, what I like, mean. Like, the like, VR version has to be nominated. be like...
1: It can't be like, oh, but you can also play it in VR, but they're no, nominating. No, no. Like, like yeah.
0: Tetris Effect, for example. Okay. Tetris Effect is a game. Mm-hmm. It's a Tetris game. It has a VR mode included, but it's one package. If that was nominated yeah. in its year, it would not count. And it would have to be like the okay. VR version of whatever game explicitly okay. saying like VR.
1: Okay, good. That is, that is what I assumed you meant. Yeah. And that is a really interesting prediction because I don't know if that's happening in 2023, but you're right that that is inevitability that it's going to happen at some point. Uh, that's not. That's just that what I'm is, playing.
0: So we'll see. We'll see. I honestly really thought it was going to be that um, uh, Half Life Alex game the other year, but it didn't yeah. even make it either. So that kind of makes me a little bit less uh, confident because if I mean if Half Life couldn't do it, um, you know, are these going to do mm-hmm. it? Who knows? But I hope so.
1: Mm-hmm. That is cool. But yeah, Horizon might just be. Big enough, right? Like, could be. I mean,
0: or well, I mean, eventually, there's going to be a, a game that takes over Beat Saber's crown on VR as like the rhythm thing, right? Like, there's got to be an innovation yeah, eventually. That's true. It's been long Beat enough Saber's- where someone could have been developing something. You don't know.
1: That's true. Beat Saber's fucking big, though. It um, is. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I, Another one. Uh, the other tradition I love to do with these is I love to look at anniversaries of like what, mm-hmm. you know, games are having big, big years. Um, and so I'll cut right to the chase on this one is that it is Spyro's 25th anniversary <laughs> in 2023. So happy birthday, Spyro. Um, obviously, the comparison to make here is that Crash Bandicoot has come back in a big way in terms of like old Sony games. Um, so I think Spyro's coming back uh, and we're going to get a brand new Spyro announcement. Um, and I think it's gonna be kind of more of, like, not an open world, but kind of, like, Mario 64-esque, where you okay. have, like, a, a hub area, and then you have a mechanic, kind of, like, I guess, like, Spire the Dragon did sort of thing, right, where you have that kind of, like, hub area, and then you could go through those portals into big areas, but instead of being, like, small levels, they're gonna kind of, like, teleport you, so it's gonna be, like, sort of open world, but it's gonna be, like, open world in defined areas okay so it's open zone like
0: sonic frontiers open
1: zone yeah exactly we're gonna get a totally new spyro game open zone um and i've even put a little note to myself because year of the dragon had this uh and as a little asterisk extra note there will unfortunately be a skateboarding (laughs) mini (laughs) game
0: love it great prediction Mm -hmm. will toys for bob be designing it It this doesn't have to be for a point will this be from toys for bob or will they be too busy within a crash and it'll be some other activision team
1: Toys for Bob might be too big, but I think it'd be really cool if Toys for Bob somehow ended up doing both. Mm -hmm, That mm -hmm. would be awesome.
0: Okay, cool prediction. I like it. Um, Okay, I'm going to go with my most boring one because the rest of mine are kind of fun. Uh, So here's my most boring one. It is that Xbox Game Pass will remain the best deal in gaming because it is and you can't argue otherwise. Mm -hmm. Um, But this will mark the first year where I think there's a little bit of conversation of like, oh, maybe this isn't quite as great as it used to be um in comparison mm-hmm. to people just being like universally this is amazing right now um i think it'll there'll be a price increase at some point this year i think it'll be maybe something maybe like five or ten bucks you know like not a not a whole lot mm-hmm. per month but it'll just be that little bit where you kind of you know it's not it's from a no-brainer now to like oh do i really want to spend 30 bucks a month right. on game pass kind of thing for some people um and i think that because that's kind of an easier prediction i mean it's kind of minimal Because I know also there was the increased price of like the first party games or there was a couple months ago, remember we had that news story. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that kind of ties in there. But my other part of this prediction, I guess, along with the price bump, they're going to have to be like, oh, but don't worry, it's worth it. You know, uh, we're going to sweeten it for you. So I think to justify the price bump, they're going to use one of these two following excuses, which is I'm going to qualify my half point with this so it's not too okay. Okay. Um, So Mm -hmm. to justify the price increase, they're either going to, um really make a statement that like pc game pass is now like day and date with console like it's a universal experience okay. so we're really going to acknowledge that pc is not quite up to snuff and we want to like you're paying mm-hmm. more but it's like a better service for you will be okay. the first thing they say or the second idea will be that um because sometimes they include like you know partnerships like there's a disney plus sort of subscription mm-hmm. so i'll say that the second idea how they could do it would be they'll make some kind of partnership with one of the sports streaming services like nfl red zone or Dazn, like D-A-Z-N. And I mm-hmm. actually wrote in brackets beside this because of your face, brackets, which a lot of people will groan about because there is not a lot of crossover <laughs> between sports and gamers.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, I, I am frowning hard on so this So that's what I'll say. I could- yeah. I'm uh, yeah. frowning on this one because I could totally see that happening because they love to do that. Like, yeah, we've made it more expensive. But we've also like mm-hmm. added an extra stuff. and It's like, I don't care about that extra stuff. Like I, yeah, I would never cheaper, like right? choose to also buy this. Yeah.
0: Like, but here's the thing. The reason I th- I say this is going to happen and the reason I think that sports partnership could be um, something I'd be a little bit more confident in is because by all accounts, this is the year we're getting the Xbox streaming app and the little stick you can put in your USB stick you can put in your TV. So if people are already buying the stick, they're trying to sell it to you. What better way than to give you like NFL red zone on there for all those people that just love football, you can just stream it um, from the same stick as your Xbox. So yeah, I that. think
1: like this is probably gonna happen and I guess to be fair like if game pass is a good deal instead of an outrageously good deal yeah it's hard to complain but it's just like damn am I used to having this like beautiful wonderful deal
0: yeah I mean um, I think I think it still or... will be a great deal I just think this is the year that it's kind of questioned a little bit more um than others just because yeah. of these couple factors it basically. Will
1: start to garner some criticism exactly because these things
0: enough. don't go forever like they can't
1: Mm -hmm. That is true. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I'm going to go for number three with uh, my funniest prediction of the year, uh, which is that as we talked about in our uh, preview or our our review of 2022, that Persona 6 is nowhere to be seen. So for the third year running, (laughs) I would like to refresh that we're going to hear about Persona 6 this year. It exists. Um, They're going to announce it. And of course, the color scheme is still going to be purple. (laughs) I feel as confident about it today as I did back at the end of 2021. (laughs) (laughs) So come on, Persona 6 Purple Edition.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, Okay, well, this is interesting then. Is that all your details about Persona?
1: Yeah, I think I'm just keeping, I'm just refreshing. There's nothing new to be added to it. It's just like, it hasn't happened yet. It's still going to happen. I was just wrong on the timeline.
0: Okay. So I have a Persona 6 prediction as well for my third one. So I will, <laughs> uh, because I kind of remembered you made one. So I wanted to throw my own mine own mm-hmm. in there. And also I feel kind of confident that it's going to happen this year. Just because Atlas has kind of been saying a lot about Persona recently. You know, they're <laughs> always saying there's new games coming um, and I think this is the year because they just did the three and four re-release on like Game Pass and Switch and all this yeah. stuff. So what do they really have left in the in the tank for Persona now that those games have been released? Like, of course, it's Persona 6. It's got to come. Um, but instead of choosing a color, I'm going to predict something else about the game besides it being uh, announced this year. And I'm going to predict that because of Persona 5's success in the West, that this is actually the first Persona game set in America instead of Japan.
1: Oh! interesting i'm gonna
0: say it's their take on what american high school life would be like with like uh you know the fraternity or i guess that's like college but something like that instead of japan it will be my guess that
1: that is really interesting that would really change it up because yeah it's been kind of like similar sort of like slice of life plus all this other crazy shit going on Mm -hmm. uh for japan but that's yeah like i could see some like new york
0: style new york style like kids high school type of inner city type of vibe you know
1: can see that. What's cool about this is that we have two different predictions that could parallel and be actually correct together. That's right. Uh which That's is right. which is neat.
0: So we'll see. I just I hope, hope it gets announced. I, I don't care which of us is right, yeah. I just want Persona Six. I
1: don't care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the important part about here is that please I hope Persona 6 exists. <laughs> yeah um all right for my penultimate prediction i'm going into the realm of tv because obviously we've had some very very wonderful uh tv tv adaptations of games shout out to arcane just being one of the best shows ever oh, made so good. Uh, regardless of its video game connection obviously we're hella excited for the last of us coming up soon and i was racking my brain like what would be another good show apparently like god of war is getting a tv show which yeah. is cool
0: twisted metal don't um, forget
1: And so I was thinking to myself, what other games would translate well into TV? And I played with the idea of Days Gone just because that was a game that didn't get Mm. a lot of love, but kind of had like an interesting world. But I thought, eh, that one's kind of been put to rest. And then it came across my mind, the the best game that would be turned into a show is Red Dead Redemption Universe. Because that has an insanely good cast of characters. It spans a huge timeline with both of the games. Um, there's so much to explore. It's in a really interesting time period that doesn't get turned into TV very often. Like Westerns are are kind of not really a thing. And when they are, they're not grounded in the same way that Red Dead is.
0: Yeah. And they're usually Um, movies too, like historically.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I thought like, not only does it translate well, but it's also got like a niche that hasn't really been taken advantage of. In in the recent years in television, and so I want to put my money in the uh, in my cowboy hat and say that Red Dead Redemption universe coming for a TV show.
0: I want to put my money in my cowboy <laughs> hat. That's the greatest <laughs> quote I've ever seen.
1: <laughs> I love I'm it. I'm doing it.
0: <laughs> I love it. Okay, it's I like so that one.
1: i bought watch it out of that show. So
0: who who do you think it'll be like centered around John Marston, or like will it be a different cast, kind of just in? the, uh, you know, the, the realm of Red Dead.
1: That one's tough because, like, the Arthur, I think, like, you got to start more in, like, Arthur Morgan time because, like, that mm. is is canonically, like, first, even though it's yeah. the second game. So And the idea is, like, it's they're very much centered around, like, the time of outlaws and gangs and, like, that period of history dying out and things becoming a lot more, like, reformed and a lot more, like, government-controlled. And so I think if you want to tell that, sort of story you, you start like with the gang and then go into its fallout so mm-hmm. i think you start with more like arthur morgan but it doesn't have to necessarily follow that character it can just be the gang in general right like dutch would be a big character and Mar- john marston would be there yeah. and like you know yeah. he'd have the romance plot going on because he eventually like gets married and so
0: very interesting i think it, that's a really really good idea especially because it's rockstar as well like that's the kind of yeah. the kind of company that would have the funds to sort of fund a, yeah. a tv show that size, exactly
1: solves. and it's got characters it's got drama it would have action there would be shootouts mm-hmm. like it's just it's got everything exactly TV needs.
0: exactly and they could have the same kind of thing where like neil druckmann has been so connected to the last of us tv show to be like the liaison between the source material and the, the mm-hmm. tv studio they, they could easily do the same thing with someone from the writing team on the, you know the, the red dead redemption game as well great call mm-hmm. i really like that a lot mm-hmm. um okay well I have a prediction that is somewhat related to a TV show or movie. Uh, So I'll go with that one next, uh, which is that so we all know the Mario movie is coming out this Mm -hmm. year featuring Chris Pratt as Mario and a host of other great celebrities as the rest of the cast. So Mm -hmm. this is obviously something that is going to be huge. It's Mario, like one of the most recognizable characters on the planet. They're obviously going to want to take advantage of his newfound even higher level of popularity with this movie. So they're going to have something coming out, a bunch of stuff coming out actually um, around Mario. And one of those things is going to be a new 3d Mario game because we haven't had one since 2017, I think was Mario Odyssey. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. been a long time since we've had one of those. I mean, there was the Bowser's Fury kind of DLC thing, but not, that's not a full game in the same way. So I think we're going to get a new 3d Mario this year. Um, And, but <laughs> this is where I go off the rails and lose myself all the points, <laughs> or at least I lose okay. myself the half point. So the first, I guess, the first part is that we're getting a new 3D Mario this year will okay. be my prediction. Yeah. But the interesting part about this game is that because the movie has done such a good job of making these other characters that people may not know as well, you know, Luigi, Toad, Peach, Donkey Kong, these four, mm-hmm. these will be uh, the movie. The new game will leverage these four characters heavily because people will now like know more who they are. Uh, Not that they don't already, but the game will be sort of an Odyssey style game, but there'll be, instead of a bunch of different worlds, there'll be like four different ones. And in each one, you will play as one of those four characters and they'll all have their own moveset kind of thing. And it'll be like, they're trying to save Mario from this, this like problem that he's in, or like he's been captured or something, because the movie is like Luigi's captured, so this will be like Mario. Mm-hmm. And then of course, once you save Mario and you get you'll get to play as him as well, and the last like little bit of the game will be like his Mario world and, and whatnot. But I get I think those other characters will be playable and it'll be like uh going to different worlds with each of them in a new 3D Mario game. Uh so that'll be fun, won't it?
1: That, I'm on this because I like the idea of it. But I also think like the things people love about those 3D Mario games is like how tight the controls are mm-hmm. like mastering like cap jumping in Odyssey and like finding those like speed run routes to get up to places way faster because you have figured out like where you can jump from mm-hmm. is so integral to like what people like about those games that it would be very difficult to make four characters that are all different, but still feel equally satisfying to play versus like, oh fuck, I'm at the toad section. Like he can't jump as high and so he sucks. But I also really like it in terms of like, they could really go totally off script and do some like really wild and creative things. Yeah, um, well, that, that's
0: where I was coming from. Cause hear me out, two things, there is precedent for it. Number one, Nintendo. Has done it before in the two d kind of space, right? You have those, uh, whichever mm-hmm. Super Mario Advance Two or whichever original game that yeah, was, yeah,
1: with the Dream World or whatever. Yeah, you can, yeah. where you can like and play as the other
0: characters. But I think
1: mm-hmm.
0: what kind of my idea was for that because I agree with you. Nintendo loves to finally tune these worlds and lets you play with the different mechanics. And I think where I was thinking Odyssey has a bunch of different skills. You know, there's the different capture mechanics, and you know some are more advanced than others. But there's different sections and puzzles built around each of them. That maybe for this game. I was thinking there would be sort of in the way you were describing zones earlier. There's less individual levels, but each one of the few is like, this is tuned specifically to Luigi's moveset. And we're Nintendo Mm -hmm. and we know Luigi as a character and we've developed him enough with his own full moveset, as well as each of these like Luigi, Toad, DK, and they all have their own bigger or like more fully realized space individually for each of them to explore and then uh, Mario as well. And so just a bit of a different take on the sort of different control schemes you could have.
1: That's interesting. I think what I would really enjoy just as an initial thought about this idea is something like a kind of like a compromise where you play as Mario for maybe like still 80% of the game because he's just the most satisfying character. But then you kind of almost like sort of how Paper Mario has those like in-between chapters where you play as like Mm -hmm. Bowser and Peach. You would have like in between sections of the game or like small like side sections where you did have those other characters to play. So like they felt kind of like additional content instead of content that took away from being Mario. And they could definitely do some cool stuff in, in that kind of space.
0: Yeah, no, fair enough. I mean, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I really it don't is, think this is a very realistic prediction, but I like the idea of it.
1: it is, and, uh, you know, I really thought you were going into Mario Cinematic Universe or like Nintendo Cinematic Universe with <laughs> no. the start of this call. Like, oh, I can't where's predict that right Legend now. the Legend of Zelda no. movie? And because uh, you that. know, like, it's very possible. Oh, it's probably going to
0: happen. I mean, there's just money waiting to be made. So why not?
1: Exactly. Um, that's, that's fun. <laughs> uh. Okay. My final prediction, we're out of TV realm, but we're into the realm of books. Because as we all know, uh, Elden Ring was the absolute juggernaut that smashed through 2022 and will continue to smash through 2023 and beyond. Um, But an interesting detail that we all know about Elden Ring, it was definitely hyped up in the marketing, is that George R. Martin, famous acclaimed writer, uh, Song of Ice and Fire hero, uh, shout out to George, one of the best authors I've ever read and take your time with Winds of Winter, man. Like when it's ready, it's ready. We love you. Don't rush. Um, that's not even sarcastic. I really just feel that way uh, because holy shit, does he get some hate mail. Um, but anyway, he's fantastic. He was marketed heavy on it. He did a lot of the writing for the backstory of the game, which was really, really fucking cool as a huge fan of both him and from software I was thinking what other writers are going to get in on games now because we've set that sort of precedent. And then it clicked, like there's an obvious answer to this. Because if you remember, Alan Wake, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like cult, cult classic has gotten a sequel uh, in the works, it's gonna come out. And that game is heavily based or at least heavily inspired on Stephen King's work. In the initial Alan Wake, the f- opening line of dialogue is a Stephen King quote. Uh, so it is not being subtle about it. So I thought to myself, Stephen King is a cool guy. He would a hundred percent be in if he got contacted by a studio. And so I think he is going to do some writing, not for an adaptation of one of his books, but for a brand new horror game, Stephen King is going to be uh contracted as wow. a writer.
0: That is a wicked <laughs> prediction. Holy shit.
1: <laughs> yes, it is uh <clears throat> unlikely, perhaps, <clears throat> but holy shit, if I snipe that, like pre-order. That's for amazing. This time, 100%
0: Honestly, yeah, that's <laughs> that's my new favorite prediction. You have taken my crown from the Xbox Mini Fridge and Fable Ales <laughs> for this year. Uh, I don't know
1: about
0: that. <laughs> Coolest prediction for Bye. sure. I can totally see that happening. I think it would just yeah. come down to... I I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if someone like him had already been contacted. I think it just comes down to, you know, what is his bandwidth as a writer? And would that be something mm-hmm. he want to do? Because well, it'd be great. That's
1: the crazy thing about Stephen King is he's such a cool dude. I feel like he'd be in. And also, he's like amazing he just churns out like he is the antithesis of george r, r. martin like he just <laughs> writes at a pace that no other writer is able to match so he's like oh write for a video game sure that'll take me five months done here you go also here's another sequel to dr sleep like here you know <laughs> like <laughs> i just enough. i just had a you know i had a free weekend so <laughs> that's
0: that is a wicked uh wicked goal mm-hmm. now, now you wrote as a horror game right did you have anything else about that yeah. like what a topic could be or like I, like that, I didn't
1: huh? I feel like it was enough of a out yeah, there prediction. I, mean, I, I just mean I mean I'm people. not saying
0: ad for points just just curious
1: yeah, I, I don't know Stephen King he's he's got a lot of really unique stuff like he is he's quite over the board he's got monster stuff he's got like sci-fi kind of things he's got really small slice of life like you mm-hmm. know just just crazy people he's got um like he's you have know, got a historical yeah, fiction one about stopping the JFK assassination. Like he can do anything. <laughs> from
0: the from the little bit I know about him and what's interesting, because I I think like from George R. R. Martin, like his his style and like genre really seems to match with kind of Elden Ring and sort of that mm-hmm. sort of environment, like the medieval kind of knights and kings kind of stuff.
1: A very like um, kind of like yeah. war based backstory. Yeah, and exactly. Stuff. And yeah. so for
0: Stephen King, like for me, what came to my head originally, I would love to see him from what I know, like what he writes about is something like Control. Like if he was writing for his yeah. Control sequel or something, like those weird sort of, you know, inexplainable paranormal type of weird stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like I could see that. Uh, yeah. Around. It's
1: like an under the, under the dome kind of thing mm-hmm, or like mm-hmm. a, um that other one that, that has like aliens kind of like weirdly oh God, out of nowhere. I don't know. It's Avatar. Tommyknockers. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I could see it. Like he definitely goes into some like supernatural kind of, kind of mm. crazy stuff. That would be. So I like cool. it. I like it Man, a lot. I would love. That game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, well. Let me give you my last prediction. It's definitely not as uh, bold as yours, but I think <laughs> it's something that could be quite exciting. So, as we all know, uh, one of the greatest studios on the planet, Insomniac Games, doesn't miss everybody. Everything they put out is just a complete masterpiece. I would say, at least in terms of action. You know, they've got these great mm-hmm. franchises. They got Spider-Man. They got Ratchet and Clank. And those are great games. But here's the thing. It's a bit of a gradient, right? It's a bit of a gradient. We got Ratchet & Clank, which is, I mean, it's got a story. There's dialogue and whatever. But let's be honest. I could play that game if I really wanted to, pay very little attention to the story. I'm there for the combat and the movement and the different weapons and all the, the action and the crazy explosions <laughs> and all this stuff. So That's their that's their game, Ratchet & Clank. That's the whole series there. And, of course, then they also mm-hmm. have Spider-Man, which is, uh, I would argue, a bit of a step down in terms of only focusing on action It's got some nice narrative moments, some great characters, obviously, in the Spider-Man universe, but still very much an action-focused game swinging around the city, you know, doing your missions, using your powers as as Spider-Man or as Miles Morales. Now, let's not forget, everybody, that there is a third game coming in development from Insomniac, focusing on one Logan, aka Wolverine. And my prediction is that this game will be very much in the third style, which is very narrative-focused. Um, in a way that some may say resembles Naughty Dog, uh, another famous, um, you know, obviously PlayStation Studio. Because Naughty Dog's games, like Uncharted, Last of Us, there is a lot of action as mm-hmm. well. But I would say that those games are less about the action and more about the narrative, especially The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the action's still good, and I'm not saying it's bad in any of those games maybe their first Uncharted, but it's definitely more focused on the characters and uh, the, you know, the narrative side of it. And I think that's what I'm kind of driving at here is I think that Wolverine will be insomniacs. um, It, you know, they're going to be marketing Spider-Man two a lot this year, but we're going to get some content, some trailers or or extended looks at more of Wolverine throughout the year. And it's going to really be emphasized that this game is a lot, a lot focus of focus will be put on uh, Logan's personality and his, relationships whoever they give to him in this game um i thought one suggestion could be night i know there's a lot of lore around the two of them being actually like quite good friends and it's one of the only like friends that logan is known to have um and a lot of material so just somewhere uh you know to explore more of his personal side still obviously the action stuff in there as well but uh just a bit of a left turn from what insomniac usually does with more of the action focus coming first
1: at first glance that seems like a very weird prediction but it actually would be really cool and has potential because like obviously logan's a very like aggressive character and so you think action first like you you know he slices first asks questions later but when you think about it like a lot of the stuff we've gotten from him recently like the most recent logan movie was very like character based right like it was a lot of like Mm -hmm. you know it was so story versus action and then um like he's kind of almost could have like a Kratos sort of thing where he's he's very like got to come to terms with being more vulnerable and like that kind of like aggressive character has obviously God of War has done it in a way that's like very narrative first and he could have a similar kind of story in a different way mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and i could actually see that being legitimately like a better version of the game than just going like full logan doesn't give a shit smokes a cigar and then kills you <laughs> like.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's it's just a bit of a change up, right? And I was kind of relating it to Guardians of the Galaxy and how I was thinking that that, they had to change those characters so much from what you expect from the MCU in a lot of ways. Obviously, the humor still sticks through, but if it's just a one-to-one replica, I think people will be less interested in it. Just in the same way with this, I think people already know Wolverine is always going to be the claws and the killing and all this stuff. But let's take this a slightly different way, similar, I guess, to the Logan movie, but not everyone would have Mm -hmm. seen that. Most people still know like cartoon, you know, kind of... Wolverine mm-hmm. type of type of setting and so this would just be something different and um, you know similar to people are always like oh what's Naughty Dog's next project you know like will it be another kind of narrative third person game or will they try something different well let's not ha- why don't we ask that question about a studio like Insomniac as well so okay. yeah there we have it uh, can't wait for Wolverine by the way oh my god and Spider-Man 2 Kate this year
1: <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh, 20 it's going to be amazing is, is going to be amazing up uh, that is it's gonna be sure. just amazing
0: so um yeah. yeah
1: these are some good predictions i hope we're at least you know more successful than we were last year <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know the way i look at it is that any points that we score really are things we're going to be happy about for the most part aside from my xbox mm-hmm. prediction with game pass going up in price really we'd be happy for any of these things to be true um so let's just hope we earn any kind of points and that'll be really fun Um, And of course, so that'll wrap up our predictions for this year, but we'll have the same competition uh, the start of next year to see who gets to choose a game uh, for the other person. And I will play Fury on the show, uh, for the show coming up in the the next few months or weeks, whenever that ends up being. Um, So before we get out of here, though, let's close the show the way we always do with a listener mail question from one of our lovely audience members. And remember, everybody, if you would like to write in and be part of listener mail just like our question today, you can do so by writing into to us at cloudcontrolpod at proton.me um, or get in touch with us on Twitter or in the comments or wherever you're watching this. Uh, we just appreciate it. So interact with us if you'd like, and you get get your question read out and answered, just like our question today, um, which Kate will read for us now.
1: This is a devious question because it seems simple at first, and then it really isn't. Um, But this is the good old classic what is your desert island game um Mm -hmm. but it doesn't just mean like what's your favorite game that you would want to play you got to consider like this is you are stuck on a desert island for you know a potentially infinite amount of time uh assuming that you have the survival skills to make it more than a week you are trapped on this desert island uh you are allowed to have one game with you what is that game uh and then as a little clear a further clarification is you apparently have Wi-Fi, so don't worry about that. Uh you've got that sweet internet connection. Um, but the caveat to the internet is that so you can play a game that is online, like you, James, could pick Fortnite as your game, uh like a PvP kind of thing. But to scale it back and make it a little bit more challenging is that you cannot. Play this game with your friends. So, like, no partying up, no voice chat, no making friends online to play with. <laughs> no
0: making friends. People message no you, making- you, you gotta ignore them. You gotta. <laughs> no, you
1: gotta ignore. You have your chat set to like ignore all messages. Um, uh, you're you're muted because obviously, if you were stuck on it, well, you got sand TV,
0: in your mic. You got sand in your mic. You couldn't <laughs> you got use
1: it. Sand in your mic. That's right. It doesn't work. Um, and I mean, obviously, you'd be lonely, so you'd want to just you know be social and that would be the clear answer to mm-hmm. whatever game my friends are playing i'm hanging with my friends um so you can still pick fortnite but you're not playing it with your crew you're playing it exclusively alone um okay. and yeah this was this was tough because my first thought was like oh bloodborne i could i love bloodborne i'll never get tired of bloodborne but when i think about it like that eh, that's only so much content in bloodborne i know and, that's uh, the problem. My, a
0: while <laughs> that's the problem that's the problem so i remember we answered this i think before on one of the on we did like a get to know us quiz or something so i was trying to think back to that and i think originally one of my first answers or the first thing that came to my mind was smash bros um just because mm-hmm. especially if you have online and hypothetically it's going to work as well as switch online can work then that's kind of an evergreen mm-hmm. content to to play right like smash just kind of never gets tiring you have endless characters to practice and You could really hone your skills for eventually when you get rescued and you can play against your friends again. So I thought that would be a good choice.
1: (laughs) What a return to society. That's
0: right. So I thought that would be kind of a good choice. But again, like how much could you really play? And if you're stranded by yourself, like, would it really be that fun? And so what I ended up landing on for this time, which I think I'd be pretty excited about actually, would be uh, Final Fantasy XIV Online. And I know that you can't use the, uh, you know, you can't use it for social capabilities, Like I couldn't Mm -hmm. partner with my friends and whatever. But at the same time, that game is just, it always wins like best ongoing game. There's so many content Mm -hmm. updates. You would have at very least like the amount of content and story in that game, because I know it's renowned for like having a good story too. It's not just an MMO. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's actually got like a Final Fantasy quality, you know, interesting story. The amount of time it would take me to even get through that content would be longer than I would be able to stay alive on a desert island (laughs) (laughs) you know and even if even if i managed to do it there's so many classes and races of characters you can be you could just roll a new character and have a different experience um and i just think for the the mass of content alone you know and the different skills trees and all this type of stuff crafting your equipment uh mmo would just provide the right amount of variety for um you know that situation (laughs) if i could only have one game
1: Mm-hmm. That is a good answer. I definitely considered a style of game like that. um And I feel like I've kind of taken it in a similar way, but I've gone totally dark horse. Like, I've gone the rogue evil version of that answer.
0: <laughs> oh my god, is it Mabel Story?
1: Oh my god, no. <laughs> so, no, the problem is Mabel Story, it's not getting updates. So, like, you need something that's mm-hmm. evolving with you. Because, like, I consider it okay after the Bloodborne train, I was like, well, what about Elden Ring? It's like Bloodborne, but I played 160 hours and, like, I could run through with every single weapon and every single like type of challenge run and that would be awesome but it's still finite content right like there's only so much I'm not gonna play tons of I mean I would play pvp if that's literally all I had to do but like it's not the same so I really sat down and thought to myself like what online games do I play and they're few and far between but there was a katie that exists one year in my in my dark dark years where I played League of Legends. No,
0: no, don't do <laughs> and I think, it.
1: I think I would pick League of Legends because <laughs> the reasons I don't play League of Legends now are reasons that actually get reversed to be positive for the desert island because I like HOTS because they're quicker matches. It's less competitive. And uh, it's easier to hang out with my friends, but I'm not hanging out with my friends on the desert island. Um, More competitive means I've got more chance to like sit and hone skills and improve. And longer matches, that kills time, which is what I have in abundance and is a problem. (laughs) And they release new stuff. Always, always new champions coming out. I would be climbing the ranked ladder if I'm muted and there's there's sand in my mic. It means that people can't flame me after the game. So I'm not involved (laughs) in the toxic community. I'm just sitting doing my thing.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. This is the funniest answer in the world.
1: (laughs) It sounds stupid, but it's infinite content and it would keep you engrossed and that anger just leads you to either get off the island or to just sit down and be like you know what i'm getting out of gold these scrubs are not gonna know what's gonna hit them when i pull out braum jungle and i'm fucking going (laughs) i don't even know what (laughs) you're talking
0: about jesus christ you know what's so funny about that i would bring that game too because It would make my decision a lot easier. Am I going to play League of Legends or try and build myself a raft? I'm going to fucking try and build the raft because God forbid I'm spending any time on that game. I would be saved instantly.
1: Here's the thing, man. Once you go down the the League rabbit hole, you get sucked into it. You get trapped. It's either you don't play League of Legends or your whole life is League of Legends. And so... You know, I've I've got it. I've got it made.
0: Listen, I don't want to yuck anyone else's yum, but I'd also just rather wander <laughs> off into the jungle with the poisonous snakes and panthers than sit at my computer for 10 seconds and play League of Legends. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's I'm so, going evil 2023. What am I saying? It's it's we're 2 days into the year and I've already gone down the dark path. <laughs>
0: oh my god well there you have it everybody it is a chaotic start to 2023 um mm-hmm. and everyone should come to my deserted island and we can have a final fantasy 14 party of uh, instead of, no, instead of jungling and laning and and whatever the fuck else you do in that stupid game <laughs> <laughs> anyways oh, oh man this has been a great episode kate this is what a what a great <laughs> start to the year um, good luck on your predictions this has been um, mm-hmm. a fun show as always like we do every year um, and everyone out there just one last reminder for you too: play as dusk falls because that game yeah. a lot of fun with some friends um, but that's going to do it for the episode this week everybody so thank you as always for joining us we'll be back next week with I think a return to just regular good old episodes now that the end of the year kind of wrap up is done and uh, so it should be a blast we'll see you then and remember this has been cloud control the gaming podcast that's not just good It's good enough. Uh, And yeah, we'll see you on the next episode.